Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Isabella Gescos, and this week I got to talk to a national champion. LSU Tiger and Brewster Whitecaps Jared Jones sat down with me this week. We talked about LSU's amazing season. He set the record straight about his viral at bat and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Jones. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here with LSU baseball player Jared Jones. Jared, thank you so much for coming on in today. I appreciate her having us here. Appreciate it. It's yeah. an honor. Oh, yeah. You're perfect. Okay, let's get started. So who has the most clout at LSU? The 2019 football team, the 2023 women's basketball team, the 2023 LSU baseball team, or Livy Dunn? I'm going to have to just say probably Livy overall. Um, but I think the 2019 LSU National Championship football team has to take the cake on that with uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson. I mean, they started the gritty, um, and that kind of <laughs> took the world by storm. Um, obviously, went 15-0, and and some would say the be- best college football team of all time. So I'm going to give them that trophy. Um, most exciting to watch. That's a big reason of why I wanted to go to LSU was because I – was a junior in high school and got to watch that run and that was something I was really excited to be a part of is just that fan base and atmosphere that was a big reason for you that was um I remember sitting in my house and watching the national championship game and I was already committed to LSU but I was like man that really that's like the last straw of like I really want to go to LSU and be a part of that you're like I really made the right choice watching that do you gritty I I'm horrible at that I'm not uh sturdy as they say <laughs> so you can say you've attempted the gritty i have attempted the gritty yes so when you have when you have a insane hit like a double or a triple or a home run do you have a little celebration this year for doubles i did the little spider-man celebration a lot um and then for home runs i don't really have anything i just do a little like just kind of take my time and kind of enjoy the moment i don't know i didn't really do anything special for home runs um just kind of whatever i was feeling in the moment i would do do you have a favorite that you remember or you just kind of go with what? I mean, obviously, I think as a team, we all would hit the Tommy, as we call it, uh, which is just kind of like arms folded over and staring to our team. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but everybody did that no matter what. So that was kind of like a good team bonding, like just kind of something that made us all laugh and have fun. You said that you're a big LSU football fan. So can you give us your best Brian Kelly impersonation of him trying to do the Southern accent? Or can you do that at all? <sighs> I don't know. I, you know I don't exactly have what a, video I'm talking about, I too. I do know what video you're talking about. And I don't have that kind of – like, I'm from Georgia, but I don't think I have a southern accent at all. Um, so I, I don't even know. His his wasn't the best, but I can't really say anything about that. Can you do a northern impersonation? Oh, it's bad. Let's hear it. Oh, give me some – I mean, um, playing Yamath today uh, at, at – I don't, I don't know, man. That's bad. I'm not good at it. My brother, he could do it, but I, I'm not the uh, the funny one in the family that can do all that kind of stuff. You are the youngest of five, so where do you fit within that dynamic? Um, so I have a, three older sisters and an older brother. Um, me and my brother are the closest in age, and he's five years older than me. Um, they are, he, my brother, my sisters, my, my parents, they are the reason that I am in the position that I am today. Um, my dad was my baseball coach till I was 15 years old and really even today uh, he still tries to coach me as much as he can um, playing with a ball with my brother out back uh, till I was you know 14 years old and he was you know a freshman in college he would come home and we would just mess around in the backyard playing with a ball but it's crazy to think that times like that is probably some of the reasons that I have so much fun playing the game and and have become so good at it is just the fun that I had as a kid and and 
I always wanted to be better than him. I always wanted to be more athletic than my sisters and have more accolades and accomplishments. So whatever they did, I just always try to do it better. Um, and that, I think that's why I enjoyed being the youngest is I have something to chase after where they were kind of setting the bar. I, I now have a bar to go and reach for and exceed. So um, they've been awesome. And they still keep me level-headed when I need to be and, and don't let me get too over the top or, you know, big head and big ego. They just kind of take it easy, take, you know, the highs with the lows and just kind of ride it out. Was there a time where your ego got a little too inflated? Uh, I'm sure they would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, You know, Thanksgiving when we all get together or Christmas, there's always heated arguments of who would, you know, be the better athlete if this happened or this happened. And, you know, that they make sure to let me know that I'm not all that. I think I am. Um, and so it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, I love them for that because I need that, you know. <laughs> did they come up with the nickname Bear for you or how did that get coined? Um, so my older brother, when my parents were pregnant with him, they went on a trip to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And so his name is Jackson after Jackson Hole. And then while they were there, they ran into a moose. And so his nickname is Moose. Five years later, I came along. My mom wanted something to go with Moose. And so she came up with Jer Bear because I'm Jared. So she came up with that. And then as the years went on, my dad kind of just was like, yeah, let's just cut it down to bear. And that stuck. And so since since birth, that's probably been just my name. Um, all through high school, my friends would call me bear. Some teachers would. And now pretty much everybody does. I, it's a very rare occasion that somebody comes up to me as, you know, hey, Jared, it's hey, bear. So I, I don't care which one people call me, but it's just, yeah, it's about 75, 20%. Um, of people calling me Bear to Jared. So we need to redo that whole introduction, basically. We walked into the front door and we're like, hi, Jared, so nice to meet you. We need to redo. Honestly, we need to redo that whole entire beginning interaction of us. If for people that are like listening, that um, I te- or Jared texted me after I reached out to him and I was out and I sent him, like I was texting. Okay, so we were out, my friends and I, and we were having a great time. Call Me Maybe, that song came on and my best friend's dad, his favorite song of all time is Call Me Maybe. And I saw that you texted and I forgot to exit the thread <laughs> of our text message. And I went to go record us singing Call Me Maybe and I didn't exit the thread. And I ended up sending it to Jared and I literally was so mortified. I was absolute, I thought, oh my God, this guy is gonna block me. He has no idea who I, I was so, I am so sorry. I was so embarrassed. It's all good. Like I was, um, I think we were at Chatham and we had just entered a lightning delay. So I was checking my phone and I saw like you asking for an interview and to text you if I was interested. And I thought I had like copied the number wrong. So I was, I just wanted to make sure that I had the right person. But I mean, we've all been there sending. So it's, it's no big deal at all. Thank God you're such a nice person. Cause I, my whole face, it was Casper the ghost just dropped. I go, Oh my God. So we need to redo our whole introduction. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you, Jared. <laughs> nice to meet you. Or bear. Oh my God. I messed up again. Um, so it's going to LSU switching to there. Did you expect to have such an immediate impact when you came to such a talented LSU baseball team you know I didn't um they had a lot of returners coming back that had great years the previous year um a really talented freshman class um so I didn't know what my role was going to be in the fall and early spring um and I just kind of knew that I would have to go to work and and you know perform my best to get a shot and um you know I thank coach Johnson a lot for giving me the opportunity that he did you know he didn't have to do that he had guys like Josh Pearson 
Cade Beloso, Hayden Travinsky, who didn't start at the beginning of the year as much as they probably wanted to. And he took a chance on me to go out there and get the job done. And, and I owed it to him and to my teammates and to my family to just do as best I could. Um, and when my magic ran out towards the end of the year, uh, another guy was able to step up being, you know, Josh Pearson, Hayden Travisky, or Cade Beloso in that spot. And that's what made us such a good team is just anybody could go up there at any given moment and prove why they were on this team and why we were the number one team in college baseball. Was there a point at during the season where you looked around and you go, oh my God, we could win the whole entire thing? Or was it early on? Was it middle of the season? Where did that epiphany come from from day one um really we we all had this idea of you know we have this great team we have great players great coaches great support staff and family members and everything so it all just kind of you know the stars aligned for us and uh coach johnson even throughout the year said you know january 15th was our first team meeting in the spring he said january 15th i asked every single one of y'all what y'all wanted to accomplish and you said win a national championship so that's what we're here to do. So there was never a point in the year where it kind of was like, oh, yeah, we can win this. We have the team. It was always that was our goal from day one of we have the team to do it. We have the coaches to do it. It's all right here in front of us. It takes what it takes to go get it done. And that's what we had to do. If everyone has that mindset, what does the accountability look like for keeping everyone on their toes? Right. Our, our accountability as a team was some of the best I've ever been around. Um, we had player ran team meetings, coaches held players accountable players. We had freshmen holding seniors accountable, seniors holding freshmen accountable. Everybody knew what had to be done, their job that needed to be done. And if somebody slipped up, they were held accountable for it. So that's another big reason. We had great senior leadership and Cade Beloso, Gavin Dugas, Hayden Travinsky, uh, even Dylan Cruz, Jordan Thompson, like everybody that had been there for more than one year was an outstanding leader and really took the younger guys under their wing and kind of brought them along with the program. How did they, those older guys, make everyone else buy-in? Not just the coaches, but you said player-run team meetings. What did they do either during the season or before the season to get everyone super invested in the goal? I think it's just a mutual respect of, like, we we all had the same goal in mind of winning a national championship. So once we all came up with that same goal, it was like, okay, well, it takes whatever it takes to get this done. We're going to have to do it. And so... If that means being selfless and being held accountable, then that's what it takes. And so we're going to do that to make sure it gets done. What was the hardest series you played this past year? I think um, early on in SEC play, we played Arkansas. And they had Hunter Holland and um, Hagen Smith on Friday night. And, you know, that, that, that was a tough Friday night for me um, and for our team. That was, I believe, one of the only Friday nights we lost all year. Um so I think we lost to them on Friday night. South Carolina was another team that we lost to on Friday night. Obviously, we had a rain delay, so Paul only pitched three innings. But um, their fans were really great. Their atmosphere was great. And they were a really good team, and they could hit well. Um, but I think overall, the toughest series we played, um, Auburn was a tough one just because we were on the road. And, and, you know, we won on Friday night, but it was a tough game. And then we lost on Saturday. And, it was a late Saturday game and then a day game on Sunday, so it was a quick turnaround, and we just kind of we didn't have it that weekend. So that was a tough one, and that was, um, I think, a turning point in our season where it was like, a, hey, we we can still do it, but it, it's going to take us being a little bit more bought in and a little bit more invested in what we need to do. Players like to 
call out LSU, like the stadium itself and the environment as being one of the best in college baseball. Do you agree? Or was there, is there another environment that you, that's right up there, up to par with LSU? I say this year, we didn't really go to a lot of um, crazy atmospheres uh, in the SEC. We went to South Carolina, which I thought was a really good atmosphere. Um, I haven't been to Arkansas or Mississippi State yet, so I'm going there this year, and I'm really excited for that. But I, I can't imagine anything being better than LSU. Um, I would say even until the finals at Charles Schwab Field in Omaha, the loudest I ever heard a baseball stadium was Super Regionals when Dylan Cruz hit that double in the ninth inning against Kentucky, which kind of like sealed our fate that we were going to Omaha. I mean, that was absolutely the loudest I've ever heard a baseball stadium. It must have been electric. It, it was absolutely electric. So let's fast forward to Omaha and, and your national championship run. What was the most exciting and memorable moment for you other than winning the whole thing but getting there? Uh, there's a couple. Uh, obviously, Tommy White's walk-off two-run home run against Wake Forest to send us to the finals. I, I don't know that you can write a book and have that kind of ending. Like that, the, that to me is just so perfect for our team and what we went through and what we were able to do. I mean, we had injuries left and right, but guys were always stepping up, and he had been a dude all year, and that was just his – his moment like he is Tommy Tanks and that's what he did in that moment um Cade Beloso in the 11th inning of game one of the finals that go ahead home run to make it four to three again I mean you talk about a guy that put in five years at a university didn't play every year tore his ACL last year and had to miss all of his senior year and to battle back push back his wedding and and you know thank her Caroline for that um and to come out and still battle and and to hit a home run and college world series is just something that like i mean it brought tears to people's eyes because of how special of a guy he is and how special of a moment that was those before the final game those are two very lopsided wins after losing to florida by that margin what was going through your head as and as your head personally and as the team we had paul Skeens ready uh <laughs> thatcher heard was starting on the mound paul Skeens was in the bullpen with our lineup uh, the confidence couldn't have been higher. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was tough to sit there and say, man, it's, you know, 24 to four. We just got our butts whooped, you know, and we're going to have to come out here and do it again tomorrow. But it's like coach always said, it's one game at a time. And if you told me with, we had to win one game with Thatcher Hurd, Paul Skeens in our lineup, I like those chances. So everybody was super confident. We immediately forgot about that game and just moved right on to game three. So you walk into game three. Were you nervous at all? What was the overall environment? I tell you, our, our team was really loose. Regardless, we were always messing around on the bus before the game and, you know, taking warm-ups pretty lightly and just kind of going through our warm-ups as we do, making jokes, really relaxed. But, like, it was just like this atten- intense focus and attention to detail that when things needed to click, they clicked for us. And we would get... And our pregame huddle before the game, say our prayer and break it down one last time. And as soon as we broke it down, it was like right then and there it started. And, um, you know, like I said, confidence couldn't have been higher. And going into game three, you, you know, you're nervous. You, you're going to have 30,000 people there. And, you know, they're like we went, I think we went one, two, three. And then their first two hitters, you know, went double home run. So I was like, man, you know, here we go again. But. Thatcher really settled into the game well and then didn't end up needing Paul Skeens because our offense just really shined that day. Well, how do you keep yourself loose during those kind of moments? I think we do it with each other. Um, 
I think if, if you try and separate yourself from the team, you'll get a little tight and a little nervous. But I think if you understand there's no pressure because, you know, we have guys like Dylan and Tommy and Gavin Dugas, Cade Beloso, all making up this great offensive lineup that there, it's not going to be one guy that's going to win the game for us today. It's going to take all nine guys. And when you realize that, there's no pressure on you because you've got eight other guys that can get a job done. Is there something that you do on like the bus or in the dugout to kind of like keep morale high, keep yourself relaxed? You know, we always sit in the same spot on the bus for the entire year. Um, so it was just the same guys in the back of the bus always making us laugh, <laughs> um, telling jokes, stories and stuff. And, and really that like that bus rides and plane rides and, you know, lightning delays in the locker room. That's when a team becomes a team is just spending that quality time together. And, and there was never a day where like it was quiet on the bus, you know, mm-hmm. even after a loss. Sure, we might have lost and been, you know, upset about the loss, but it was never quiet or somber on a bus. It was always lighthearted, fun, just joking around, just guys being guys. As a freshman, was there a moment where you felt completely enwrapped in the whole entire team? Like you felt super included? Was it early on? Was it during the season? Like you felt like you belonged immediately? You know, I, I got to campus as a freshman in the fall and you know it takes a while to adjust but after the fall um, once I got back from from the winter break and got into the spring it was like immediately you know you just kind of clicked with the team and everybody started now you're not playing against those people Um, like in the fall we weren't inter-squatting anymore now we were playing with everybody so that's kind of when it all clicked and everybody just kind of really meshed together and gelled well and we started winning ball games after winning was it a blackout? Were you just, oh, my God, I just won a national championship? Or was there – do you remember – what do you remember, I guess, from that day and the days after? Yeah, I remember everything, For uh, to be honest with you. Like, I'm um, sitting in the dugout. I didn't start that game. Um, but Jamie Tutko, our scouting analytics guy, came, came up to me in the eighth inning. And he said, hey, if Josh Pearson's spot comes up in the lineup, you're going to hit in the ninth. And I said, okay. It's like six or seven spots away. So, I, you know, I go get my batting gloves on. I go into the back of the – behind the tunnel and go hit some in the cages off a of tee. But I was like, you know, we're seven spots away. You know, we're probably going to get three quick outs and then go out, out for the ninth and, and win a national championship. Well, um, sure enough, uh, Braden Joe Bears up with two outs, and he hits a two-run home run. And Josh Pearson was on deck, and coach pulls him off of the on-deck circle, tells me to go hit. And, you know, I got a first pitch. Uh, fastball for a ball, second pitch curveball was high for a ball, and then 2-0 fastball up, and I swung right through it. And that was like a really big swing for me, so I just kind of said, you know, control your control myself and just take a good swing and got another fastball, got a base hit up the middle. Um, I remember getting back in the dugout, and, you know, now that I had done that and gotten my hit, like, that didn't even matter. Like, yeah, it matters because, you know, that was really cool to get a hit in the – college world series finals game but you know that to me that didn't really matter because to me we were three outs away from a national championship so um you know i remember sitting there and to my left paul Keens was joking with alex malazzo about carrying him onto the field which he did and we were like no don't do that paul you're gonna get hurt he's like no i'm carrying alex out there and uh, we all had our you know powerade bottles ready to go you know squirt water everywhere and um i forget who got this they had a base runner on base and i was like man you know just just come on so we get to two strikes two outs and I'm like here we go he's gonna strike out to end the game and everybody's like all right so I mean guys have one leg over the rail we all got our water bottles and of course you know Gavin Gidry throws a slider for strike three swing and a miss and all hell breaks loose (laughs) 
What was it like afterwards? I mean, the next day, the next morning. Uh, we got up pretty early to get on the bus. I think the bus left at like 10 a.m. and we had to get on a flight at 11. But I mean, it was amazing. Uh, everybody was just in a great mood. Like, just we couldn't be happier. Um, you know, there was this like it's almost a bittersweet moment because every season has to come to an end, and uh, we just felt like one year wasn't long enough with that team, uh, especially with those the guys that were on that team. And we accomplished something that, you know, hadn't been done since 2009 for that school. So, you know, that was a great feeling that I think, you know, somebody came up to us and was like, y'all are going to be LSU legends for doing this. And, you know, that hasn't really clicked in yet. The fact that, you know, people will probably talk about this team for a really long time, just like they talk about the 2009 team and the 2000 team and all the 90s teams that won it. Like, we won the seventh national championship for LSU and that hasn't really clicked in yet, but... Like I said, all the guys were just super happy um, and just really excited and excited to get home and see their families and, and to see everybody and and to just kind of celebrate. It's it's ring season. <laughs> Who is that? That's my roommate. <laughs> yeah. if, you want, if he wants to hop on, he can. You want to come, Carson? Dude, I'm, I thought you were taking a nap because I was letting you get an early word, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Carson, anything you want to say? I'm good. Um yeah, I'm good. Roll caps. <laughs> it's a little slub preview right there. So it's ring season. So when you get your ring, you're going to put it on immediately? You're going to put it somewhere? Uh, absolutely. I'll probably put it on. Um, I don't know what I'll do with it after that. Probably put it in a shadow box and just, you know, hang it up somewhere. I don't know. But not going to wear it around campus. Look at this bad boy. Compete <laughs> with LSU women's <laughs> basketball over there. Probably not. I mean, there, there's a lot of rings to go around that school with uh, football and basketball and baseball but um something i'll i'll probably just hang up in a man cave one day and and tell my grandkids about for sure so maybe add a few more to that shadow box case maybe (laughs) yeah it must be exciting now to go back as a sophomore with the experience the whole team is probably very close now after that run it must be a very exciting time it is very exciting and you know i still even though guys left and and you know we're gonna have a, a probably a completely new team uh relative to the guys that are going to be coming in whether it's freshmen or transfers um i'm I'm sure it's still going to click the way that it did last year just because we have some veteran guys coming back um we had a really good freshman class last in my class um and so and another good freshman class coming in so uh, the the pieces are there to go make another run to omaha um obviously coach johnson's never going to take a year off to you know rebuild he's just going to reload um and so I'm really excited to get back and get to meet some new guys and, and get to work on another great year. How quick was the turnaround from getting back to LSU to coming up here to Cape Cod? It's about a week. Um, and I tried to try to take as long as I could. Um, I hadn't been home since Christmas. Uh, so that was my first time being home in six months. Um, and I have three nieces and nephew that I wanted to see. Uh, all four of my siblings, friends from high school. So it was just kind of like a big, you know, reunion. I got to get out on the lake with my brother um, and see my family and see some old friends. So, uh, you know, I probably took about one or two days in Baton Rouge just to kind of cool down. We had a big celebration that night um, at the stadium, hang out with the guys one last time. And then I left the next morning, got home, spent about four or five days at the house with my family and friends and then drove up to Cape Cod. 
We were talking before the interview about your method of driving up here. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, on, I, I started doing it on the way on my drives to school because I drive through Mississippi, and I don't know if you've ever driven through Mississippi, but it's, I mean, there's basically nothing there for some of the roads for hundreds of miles. So there was about a 200-mile stretch through Mississippi where two-lane highway, dead straight, so I just put cruise control on and put my phone up on the dash and, and watch, you know, Netflix or youtube so you know i got into a stretch in virginia and 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 uh west virginia maryland pennsylvania where i was coming up here and i would just you know turn a movie on um and my mom came with me to drive up here and and she did a good good amount of driving as well and so we just kind of whether we were talking with no music on and just kind of enjoying each other's company or or just you know listening to music or watching movies it was just kind of passing the time as quickly as possible it must have been fun to have that time with your mom it was um i love her to death and you know I, people ask me if i'm a mama's boy or a, or a, you know daddy's boy but I, I you know i don't know um i'm very blessed to have two great parents in my life that have meant the world to me and would do anything for me equal love yes very equal love so what's the transition been like from college world series lsu very intense to and not saying cape cod isn't intense but a different level of intensity right uh it's it's different for sure um to kind of just a little bit more relaxed you know show up to the field do your work that you need to do and, and um you know just show up ready to play the game um but you know, obviously the fan atmosphere isn't what it usually is in the SEC and, you know, um, but the but the talent is. So it's really good league to come up here and develop my talents and to work on some things. And um, so that's been great. Uh, obviously, weather has been pretty decent for the most part. I know my host family has been talking about how we have had more rain than usual, but it's not as hot as Baton Rouge. So that's one positive. Um, and yeah, so I've really enjoyed it. Is this your first time up in New England? Yes. Um, when I was 12, everybody goes to Cooperstown for the little Cooperstown Dreams Park tournament. Um, and so I went to New York City on the way up there to for that um, and went to a game at Fenway Park in Boston. But other than that, I had never been to Cape Cod. And, um, you know, I'm not a big city guy. So I really, I you know, I'd never really been to New York City or um, driven through it or anything like that. What's been your initial impression so far? Yeah, it's not what I thought, to be honest. Um, a lot more trees than I expected. Uh, <laughs> a lot of nature. A lot of nature. I didn't expect that. I thought it would be a little bit more open, a little more um, kind of more of a Florida vibe of just kind of open, flat beach land. And, and so I was pleasantly surprised to see it's a little bit quieter, a little bit, um, you know, more laid back and slow life up here. And I like that. It's a nice environment. It's it probably is. very different than the South. Much different, for In sure. In a good way or a bad way for you? I don't, I, you know, I, I love the South just because I've lived there my whole life. And so that's always going to be where I probably live. And, and that's where my heart is. But to come up here and get away from that for a little bit is also nice, just kind of peaceful. And, and like I said, it's just a life is a little bit slower up here, in my opinion, um, than down in Baton Rouge or even in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Well, you're playing with your teammate here, yes. Josh, right? I am. Yes. How has that been? It's been awesome. Um, me and him have a great relationship, great friendship. Um, so just to be able to continue playing with him in the summer, um, continue to build our friendship and talk to each other and joke around and, and continue that and, um, bring some things from LSU up here and introduce all the guys to on the team. I even played with James Tibbs since I, I've known James Tibbs since I was five years old. Um, we went to rival high schools, played each other for a while. 
um, Will Turner and I played a year or two or travel ball together. Um, so coming up to a familiar team is nice just to have familiar faces and friends that you can get along great with. What are you bringing up from LSU? Uh, we just kind of, me and Josh are just, you know, the laid back of just having fun, but being locked in at the same time is like this just happy medium of, of having fun while being locked in and, and enjoying bus rides together and just really bringing the team together. I think that's, if you ask me the number one reason why we won a national championship, other than the fact that we had that talent of a, t- that talented of a team is just how well we clicked and, and just gelled together and how much fun we were able to have with each other. So that's the most important part of a good team. I think so, for sure. Because, you know, win or lose, you know, you can be on a great team and win every game in the world. But if you don't enjoy being around the guys that you want to be around, it's still not fun. Um, Winning is important. Winning is one of the most important things in baseball. But um, enjoying enjoying being around the guys that you are is also probably up there as well. How do you create that kind of happy, friendly dynamic? I don't know. I mean, guys are a lot alike. Um, I think a lot of guys are the same, think the same, um, you know, enjoy the same jokes, enjoy the same TV shows, video games. Um, we all get together and walk down the street. Uh, there's a little kayak place that we take boats out on this pond behind us and go fishing together. So just understanding that we're here to play baseball, but off the field, uh, whether it's going to eat together or going fishing, just enjoying some time playing video games together. It's just like that. I mean, guys are just very similar in that respect. Has there been any kind of difficulty in the transition from LSU to Cape Cod, and has he helped with that, no, like knowing someone or no, having a familiar face all, all the time, all around? Absolutely, he has. Um, you know, I didn't get off to the best start here. Um, I was, you know, I didn't play a lot towards the end of the LSU season, so finally getting back into the swing of things, playing every day, so... Um, you know, I, I struggled a bit up here for, you know, a week and I, you know, I'm still working through those struggles and and trying to get my mental game back and, and physically get back into the swing of things. And so he's helped a lot with that. Um, the coaches have helped, other teammates have helped, uh, family, you know, it's just a big support staff behind me that, you know, have my back and, and are always willing to help. Were you beating yourself up a little bit after not going from playing a lot start of the season at LSU to not playing a lot towards the end and then coming here and not and and struggle and struggling is were you kind of beating yourself up a little bit or no? You know, I I hold myself to very high standards and I and I want to be the best baseball player that I can be and the best human being that I can be, um, and I know what that looks like because I've done it before. So um, to struggle late in the season um, at LSU and to come here and kind of you know, just because I didn't play later in the year at LSU, I had to come here and figure out why I was struggling. And, you know, the coaches are saying, you know, why didn't you play uh, late in the year? Ask yourself that, you know, why weren't you a guy that, you know, was in the mix every day and, and coming up here and just kind of working through those things. Like I said, I'm very hard on myself, so I'm always going to strive to do better. Um, but, you know, baseball is just one of those games where it beats you up um, mentally and physically. So, uh, just kind of staying positive, um, enjoying my role and whatever it is, and and uh, continuing to work and understand that um, it's not going to last forever. Nothing's ever permanent, and just keep working, keep my head down, and keep plowing. The teammates that have played on the Cape before, did they give you any kind of advice before coming up here? I didn't, you know, I didn't really talk to a lot of guys about it. Um, I talked to 
Cade below us a little bit about it. And he just said it was, you know, one of the most fun summers he's ever had. And to just go enjoy it as much as possible. Don't try and force anything to happen, but just to go and enjoy it and have fun and do what you can and, and love it while you're up there. What's been your favorite part so far? Definitely the fishing has been good. <laughs> we, we caught a couple, you know, four or five pounders um, out in the backyard. Um just just watching guys like like James Tibbs, you know, I, like I said, I've known him since I was five years old. So to watch him grow into the baseball player that he is and, and watch him succeed is awesome. Same with Josh Pearson, like just to watch him come up here and start raking like he did at the end of the last this year for LSU. Um, and just overall, I mean, my host family has been outstanding. They take me to eat all the time. They cook for us like there's there's there hasn't been an issue up here or a day where I'm just like, man, I, I want to go home. It's just been very accepting and welcoming and, and um, a great atmosphere. It's been a tough season for Brewster so far. What changes do you think that need to be made or for you personally after the All-Star break? You know, I, I don't know that, you know, there needs to be a change. I think we need to just keep showing up with the uh, intent of winning um, and having fun and doing so. I think sometimes we get baseball players tend to, you know, overthink things and get a little tight and uh, press too hard for results or, or, or for wins. And uh, I think if you just let it ha- happen naturally um, and kind of just go in with having you know getting your leadoff guy on base having quality at bats and and driving in guys when there are guys to drive in so uh, throwing strikes playing good defense um, just the fundamentals of baseball and then the rest takes care of itself you're a southern boy you're from Georgia and you play in Louisiana what has the transition up north in general been like for you I know we kind of talked about it a little bit but Anything different that you like or don't like? I know a lot of Southern guys love their food down I, there. I was going to say that. Um, <laughs> I haven't had Chick-fil-A since I've been up here. And I know there is one like um, in Hyannis, but I'm not driving all the way over there. Uh, driving is, is different up here. Um, I drove my a big truck up here and, and driving that on the little roads down here is a little, it, it's a little interesting. Um but other than that, I mean, it's been great. There's no complaints. I, mean, I like that my brother played in a summer league where he would have to drive four hours to, you know, go play a game because that's just how close the next team was. So, I mean, I think the furthest drive we've had so far is like an hour. So I can't really complain about that. Um, like I said, it's just one of the most beautiful places in America. So to be able to come up here for a summer, I'm just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. What is one question I haven't asked you yet that you think that I should ask you? I'm surprised you haven't asked anything about Kentucky. That was actually my next question. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was actually my next question. Literally like I'll read it I'll read it verbatim. You found yourself in some hot water earlier this season. Like Fox Sports wrote an article about you and the headline was LSU's Jared Jones appeared to hurl profanities at Kentucky pitcher after home run. So this is a non-swearing podcast. We don't like to cuss out, but um, can you give us a little PG version of what you said and actually what led to that? So Friday night, again, so we played three game series against Kentucky at home and Friday night we had Paul Skeens on the mound and he said like, Paul said himself that, you know, Kentucky had been chirping him and talking some smack from their dugout and, you know, whether, you know, I think I was playing first base that day or DHing, so I wasn't really close to their dugout to know. Um, but I know there was one incident where he was walking off the mound and he was looking at their dugout and they had said something. Um, and we won on Friday night. Saturday we show up and they they were able to squeak one out. Um, I, I forget the score, but after the game, 
they were all mocking our home run celebration, hitting the Tommy towards our dugout, and um, that kind of went viral on like LSU Barstool and stuff, and people were tagging us in it, like, man, you know, don't let Kentucky come into your place and do this. So the Sunday game comes up, and my first at bat, I hit a home run to left field, so I was already, you know, feeling pretty good and and going well, um, and I think. I think it was a tie ball game where we were down by one, and I came up against um, their pitcher, and he was quick pitching me a little bit. Um, and I, I play with a little bit of, you know, chip on my shoulder, a little bit of fire and emotion. Um, so I get down 0-2 really quickly, um, and I think I swung a miss at two fastballs right down the middle, which, you know, I, I hate to do, and he was quick pitching me. So, you know, I step out of the box, and I, like, look at the umpire, and I'm like, hey, man, can I get time? Can I get set before he – he delivers the ball and he's like sure so I and it I didn't really get as much time as I wanted to and I figured another fastball was coming so I just kind of sold out for a heater and you know luckily I barreled it up and was able to hit a home run and and once I hit it you know I hit it probably 450 feet which is one of the furthest balls I've ever hit and I just blacked out and um threw my bat and just you know told him how much I loved them <laughs> you know looking back on it um I don't know why I said that or, or why I reacted in the way that I did. I was just a teenager playing a game. Um, you know, mama didn't like it too much. Uh, so she, you know, she said, you know, that was, it's okay once, just don't let it happen again, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I uh, had a lot of friends from high school sending me the real Instagram reel and even my grandparents texted me about it. So uh, it, it was pretty funny, um, I think, to go back and look at it now. But, uh, you know, at the time, I was I was kind of questioning myself, like, man, I, I really just said that on national television, and it is all over social media. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it's, it was an interesting story and an interesting dynamic. Was, what did your mom say? So when you saw, was she at the game, or did you see it she on was Twitter? At the, she was at the game. They saw me hit the home run, and, and they didn't, obviously, because they were at the game, they didn't see it on TV or anything, but I guess somebody it, it went viral pretty quick like before <laughs> yeah. the game was over everybody had seen it and so I, I you know I always hug her after the game and you know she just kind of whispers in my ear I'm gonna have to wash your mouth out with soap <laughs> so uh um which she used to do when you know I had a potty mouth but um yeah but she, it, it was in a loving joking way but she was you know somewhat serious of you know hey let's not do that again let's not make this a habit it was it's quite the entertaining video if you haven't seen it you really need to check it out it's quite you can just tell that was one thing the first impression that I saw of you is that you do play with a lot of emotion and that really obviously got to you yeah like I said you know looking back on it I don't know why exactly I was so fired up in that moment maybe it was just because I had hit a home run and, and you know I just love celebrating home runs but yeah um kind of blacked out in that moment and just kind of let my emotions get the best of me was that the chirpiest team you played all year? Oh, no, not by a long shot. I think uh, South Carolina was pretty chirpy just because I think they had a lot of confidence coming into our um, series. And, you know, they were a highly ranked team, had, hadn't lost at home yet. And um, they beat us on Friday night. So I think they just had a lot of confidence and were playing with a, a, a swagger to them of, you know, we're going to show up to beat you. And, and I can respect that because we had the same mentality too. And so when two – big teams like that are going at each other it, it gets chirpy um so i would say that was a pretty chirpy series and then um even i mean college world series finals it doesn't get any more emotional than that um and so i remember our dugout lsu as as a team we were we were pretty 
um, chirpy and, and got after it a little bit. So, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Keep That's another reason we were so loose in the dugout. And, um, you know, Florida said their stuff, and we would say ours. It's just kind of how – I mean, when you, you're going to have 18- to 20-year-old boys going at it in a baseball game, things are going to get said, and that's just how it is. Do you guys come up with, like, creative insults, or are they pretty basic – there's been some creative ones, I think. Um, none that I don't think should be said right now. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, some of it's off the top of your head. Some of it's, you know, stuff that's been said for years. And some you just kind of think about it. Um, you know, whether whatever their name is, you just kind of make a spin off of their name or something like that. Oh, jeez. It must get pretty personal sometimes. Some, it can get pretty personal. And other times it's just baseball chirps and stuff. And it's just typical boys being boys do you laugh at it when you when oh you, yeah, yeah we laugh all the time i think against wake forest oh wake forest they're chirpy too they were chirpy and i think our dugout got a warning in the second inning really like it was and um like we were joking about it after the game we won that game and we had to play them again tomorrow for the for whoever was going to make it to the finals that was a winner take all game to go to the finals and i remember um a couple of the guys were like hey we need to get it we need to get a warning in the first inning today oh <laughs> Like we need to beat our record of getting a warning in the Jeez. second inning. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to just kind of like um, once my role changed from being an everyday player into kind of being this you know filler player and role player. Um, you know, it was just supporting my guys in the dugout and um, you know chirping when it needed to be chirped. When does it escalate from chirping to clear the dugout, clear the benches, bullpen come uh, out? You know, I think I think it it never did. It, obviously um get to that point i think if anything physical ever happens between the team uh you know hit by pitch a dirty slide um something like that i think you know maybe then there's a time time and a place for that but i think everybody knows it's 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 more out of love for the game and just love for the competition than it is like hey i actually don't like you like uh we're i'm playing with michael robertson and uh fisher jameson on the cape baseball team and uh they're both from florida and they couldn't be better human beings you know they couldn't be better teammates and so it's just this natural competitiveness within athletes of when we are against each other we're going to go after it as best we can but once we come off that field we know hey you know we're friends you know Wyatt Langford is an awesome human being and you know he was just the fourth overall pick in the draft like you know nothing but good things to say about that guy just in the moment when I'm playing against him I'm not a fan of right (laughs) and that's split second yeah so um like I said it's it's all out of love I guess you could say and just love of the game and the competitive atmosphere okay and my last question for you so normally we do a little twitter segment where we scroll through people's twitters and try to find some interesting things they've said or posted or whatever you're pretty clean. Like you don't really post a lot on Twitter. You don't really tweet a lot. Everything was a lot of videos of baseball. Nothing super. Anything we could go after you on or burn you a little bit for. But we did find this tweet from July eleventh, twenty twenty one. You cooked breakfast. Looks delicious. The question wasn't about anything to do with this. Is why is the mug upside down? <laughs> so um, that was in Colorado and. I did not cook. I'm not a good oh, cook. Oh, so, so you're lying so to that, us. That is a hotel breakfast. Okay, so for reference, it's eggs, bacon, hash, hash browns. Hash browns. It looks like it's at your kitchen table. It does. So I was actually in a hotel, and they had this big. <laughs> they had they had this big breakfast buffet, I guess, and um, 
yeah, um, so I was joking around with the announcer after I had hit in the home run derby, and he was like, you know, what did you eat for breakfast, jokingly? And I said, you know, hash browns, eggs, and bacon. And so he said, well, will you have that again tomorrow? And I said, probably. And so I was just sitting at the breakfast table, and I was like, hmm, I did have it again. So I tweeted it out. But, yeah, I think the mug was flipped over because I don't drink coffee, so I just never flipped it over for it to be filled up by the hotel worker. Okay. So nothing too deep. I thought that this is what you made, and I was honestly pretty impressed. A little scared of the eggs because there's nothing with it. You don't yeah, do you no. eat eggs pl- straight up plain, no hot sauce or anything? I don't do hot sauce. You don't not, do you hot know, sauce? And that's what's, I went to Louisiana, and I don't like spicy food. That's, that's a hot take. That is a hot take. I chose to go to a place where they put seasoning on everything, and I don't love seasoning. Okay. So um, not a big spicy fan, but yeah, so I just do salt and pepper on my eggs. So pretty standard. Pretty standard. Yeah, the food there must be insane. It is. It is. Jum- jambalaya. Jambalaya, crawfish, gumbo. Um, Are you an exploratory eater or no? I, I'll say I've been more exploratory up here because my host family cooks for us and I don't really have an option of eating what I like if I could eat what I wanted it would be you know Chick-fil-A canes and canes pizza so every day you know um, but I don't really have that choice up here when I'm not buying the food so um, I've had swordfish I've had uh, lobster rolls um, they took me to a Greek restaurant last night so yeah I've had more I've expanded my palate more up here than I did down south what are your thoughts on Greek food probably won't go there again but it, it wasn't bad i enjoyed it um the, the lobster rolls weren't bad either um i'm not a huge fish or seafood person but uh the lobster roll was pretty good and um the swordfish was pretty good you gotta have clam chowder i did have you that did it okay rice. what are your thoughts not my favorite <laughs> the face you're making yeah um you're trying so hard to be it was okay it was it was okay like that, that's what i'll say it was okay it was okay for anyone going to LSU or Louisiana in general, what do they have to try? I think you have to try crawfish. I mean, I think that's a pretty basic answer, but it's more than just the food. I think it's a whole experience and it's a whole, uh, it's like a celebration um, when when they get together and eat crawfish. It's like, uh, you know, either it's a family gathering or it's a tailgate and that in itself is just one of a kind. So I think you got to give that a try. You might have to bring that up here. You might have to get everyone on your team to have some crawfish. Because don't they do a crawfish um, tailgate situation? They, like They do. Um, I know it's seasonal. So, like, e- around Easter time is, is the best for crawfish season. Um, I, they don't do it in the fall. Uh, that's more of, like, your jambalaya and stuff. Um, so, uh, my roommate is that I lived with this past year. His name's Gavin Guidry. Uh, he's from Louisiana. And I know early on in the fall, his parents would come cook for us and they would cook some good stuff with jambalaya, uh, rice and gravy and, um, stuff like that. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Well, Jared, thank you. Or bear, excuse me. Thank (laughs) you so much for hopping on taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Yes, of course. Thank you all very much. And that's all for today's episode of the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Once again, thank you to Jared for taking the time. I'm Isabella Gescos. Tune in next week for the next edition of the podcast.